Thanks for checking out the V1 Church podcast. You're about to hear episode five from our series, Beaches, from Pastor Julie Signorelli. We believe that there's so much wisdom to be found in God's word and breakthrough comes when we apply it to our lives. So make sure you listen all the way to the very end and get everything you can out of this message. We'll see you on the other side. So if this is your first Sunday, we are in a church-wide Bible study. How fun is that? And we are digging into the book of Galatians. Um, and it's, it's been a really fun journey of reading the Bible. God's word is not boring. It is awesome and filled with hope and good juicy stories in there. It is good. It was a joke. It was like, you know, have fun in church. You can laugh with me. And uh, it's really fun. And so we're in week five. So if you have not got caught up, I want to invite you watch it on watch it on YouTube or uh, I think we're on Spotify too, right? I still use, you don't even want to know. I'm My daughter's like, mom, the way you use your phone is so cringy. I'm like, I don't know what cringy means, but whatever. So I know we have a podcast, so find it. <laughs> And it's super fun. But we're in Galatians, and if you have your Bible, if you have a glow Bible, we're cool with that. If you have a print Bible, we're good with that. So whatever you brought this morning, open it up. I am going to encourage you, take notes, because there's no way you can digest all of this. And God might speak something to you, even as I'm talking about this particular book. Write it down. Go back to it in the week. Amen? Dive a little deeper than you're used. How many have dived deeper into the Word since we've started this series? Been challenged a little bit. Amen? Now listen, we don't have a Bible reading scorecard, but it is so healthy. It's like eating food, right? I don't know about you. I don't skip a meal. Not a chance. You can call me late to a lot of things. Do not call me late to dinner. That's a joke. Thank you. Dad jokes. Dadjokes.com. Um, but... We, why, so if we don't skip food, why would we skip, even if it's just one scripture a day, one, one little blurb a day? I want to invite you, just go a little deeper than where maybe you've been. So um, we are reading in Galatians chapter 5, and uh, as we were studying for this message, and we're going to get into it in a minute, we came across this story about uh, the shark. And basically what it is by the way somebody please confirm or deny if there's sharks off the beaches of long island a little creeped out swimming in them but okay so anyways you can talk to me about that later but we have uh we have this story about the shark and so you had this shark and he had food okay so you have a shark in a tank and food and they put a glass wall in between the shark and the food so what happened was is the shark would see the food try to get the food and hit its head now that happened many times, and eventually what they did was they removed the glass wall. It was a study that was being done. And what they found was no matter how much food was there, every time the shark would come around, he would not go past the glass wall. Because over and over and over and over, he had hit his head, and he wouldn't be able to get to the food. So even though that the glass wall was no longer there, he still felt like there was only a certain amount of time that he could go so far. Now. I'm going to jump into that more in a little bit. But what I want to tell you is that a long time ago before Jesus, there was a divide between God and man. And what happened is when Jesus gave his life and he had freedom and sacrifice and forgiveness for you, that glass wall, that, that, that barrier was removed. 
but sometimes because of our circumstances, maybe it's because of religion, maybe it's because of uh, things that have happened to us, we keep hitting a glass wall, and even though the freedom is there and Christ is available, we will stop short of coming into contact with it out of fear. And so this morning, what I wanna share with you is my hope is that by the end of that message, that that thing that's been between you and God, I wanna remind you, it's been removed and that you have access to freedom and hope through Jesus Christ. So that's what I wanna encourage you. Um, and so we're gonna come back to that, but we're gonna start reading together, amen? And if Bible reading's been a little bit hard, hopefully today, as I break up scripture and explain it, you can see how you can read it and apply it to your own life. And by the end of this sermon, you will have read a full chapter. Scholars, and you look fabulous today especially you overflow people. You guys looked awesome. Um, it's packed in there. If you haven't went in there, I really invite you to go in there one Sunday. It's a lot of fun. So verse one, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for hope, for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. So if you're like me and you were reading that, I said, what are they saying and why are they talking about circumcision so much? <laughs> Real talk. You can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> and so these are some of the, so I had to go back. I had to figure out, okay, well, why are they talking about this? This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, especially in church, it's a little awkward if I got up here and just started telling people to do stuff, right? Okay, so I had those questions in my mind, but what you have to understand is that Galatia, this region that Paul is writing to, what happened was is that Jesus came, set them free from the law. So set them free from this list of things that they had to check off the list every single day, every single month, every single year. And what they started to teach is they were teaching Jesus, but they were also saying, you also have to do all these things. Because in that time, circumcision, there was a holiness, there was a setting apart there. And so they brought this teaching back, and what Paul is saying is, hey, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that to be saved. Jesus paid the price for you to be saved. And so... I know some of you can imagine, like, if we taught that in modern-day church, what would that membership class be like? Yikes. What is that? And so you might think, well, how does that relate to today? Because church is more modern. We don't tell people to do weird things like that. We know that that doesn't equal salvation. But here's the thing. Sometimes in church, we tell other believers to do weird things. And we try to make them fit in these religious boxes. And we take the grace that was freely given and freely extended, and we turn them into boxes. And so I'll do, oh, my sister is visiting today. Uh, Jill, you don't have to stand up. She would love that, though. 
No, I'm just kidding. She would not. She would absolutely not. Uh, but my sister is visiting today. So, Jill, you can attest if this is true or not. But when I grew up, we had some religious boxes, okay? So there was this wave that went through Christianity. And if you grew up in church, you might be able to relate. Where at some point they said, throw away all your My Little Ponies. So weird, right? Or don't listen to boys to men. Which was my favorite, and I know every song, by the way. I'm not gonna, I, I sang a couple weeks ago, but I'm not gonna do it for you. In Queens, we had a whole thing, it's fine. Um, no Simpsons. I know, it was a funny show. Yeah, we had a TLC, you guys remember TLC? Okay, I told you I wasn't gonna do it. I told you I wasn't gonna do it. Uh, we had a, a CD, and of course, my mom hid that, and then me and my sister would go find it and listen to it. And then eventually, she caught on and broke it. But that's neither here nor there. Love you, Mom. Shout out. But we took, it's not like those things were, they weren't beneficial for us, but not doing them didn't make us better Christians. Does that make sense? Checking those boxes, it, it didn't really do what it was intended to do. It became behavior modification. And what Paul is saying is, you don't got to teach behavior modification. Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice. You don't got to add anything to the cross or take anything away. It is good as it stands alone. And so Paul is trying to speak to people who believed that their salvation was work-based, that there was an element that they had to earn. Some of you are getting free right now. You're like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I, uh, we always say here, no perfect people allowed. Because guess what? I don't think any of us could earn the boxes. None of us could earn our salvation. And so what he's saying is, if I check this box, then I must be a Christian. If I check this box, then I'll be forgiven and set free. If I check this box, then I'll be totally healed. If I check this box, then what happens is you start buying a myth of a debt that you can't repay. And if you thought that you could earn God's love through behavior modification or church attendance for that matter, or prayer meeting attendance, or choir rehearsal, or whatever, whatever, you, whatever you've grown up in, or thrown away your My Little Ponies and now watching The Simpsons, guess what? You can't. You cannot earn it. And so Paul is addressing, stop trying to earn God's love. Verse 7 it says that you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This is Paul. Paul's keeping it real. I love Paul. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brother, still preach circumcision or still preach re religious obligation or still preach checking the spiritual boxes, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. Verse 12, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate Christ has set us free. Verse 13, for you were called to freedom only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So what Paul is saying is, hey, you started out great, but now you're off track. And so I need to get you back on track. And so Paul is saying is, Jesus set you free. Don't go back to bondage. Jesus set you completely free. You don't have to go back to the the religious boxes. And the paradox is this, is that you can be free and choose to go back to bondage. Just like that shark. That shark at any moment could have blown that barrier just one more time. But because of hurt, because of fear, they're this close to freedom. Being free, the result of bondage versus the results of freedom. We're going to read about that in fruit, works of the flesh versus fruit. We're, I'm going to explain that in a minute. So we do what we're accustomed to do, and real freedom requires retraining your brain. That's why we tell people, if you want to read a book about retraining your brain, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a neuroscientist and believes in the care of mental health and trying to retrain old patterns and old cycles to create new behaviors. Because what happens is, is we do the same thing for 50 years, we have an encounter and expect everything to be different. But guess what? Freedom is a journey. You need people along that journey. And so we do what we've been accustomed to do, but to get true freedom, you got to retrain how you think up here. And that's what Paul is saying is you were running well, but you got hindered. Some of you started out running well, but you've hit a hindrance in your life. And so I don't know what that is. That's different for a lot of people. But you see this all the time when people win the lottery. Now, hey, if somebody wants to win the lottery here, praise God. But what you see is you see people who come into large sums of money, but because they're using old behaviors, their brain isn't retrained, what happens is they get this sum of money, they do the same behaviors, and it's all gone. They don't know how to steward long-term things. So you see this person who's driving like a beat-up Toyota and they're with one wheel, and then they hit the lottery, and they're sitting in a gold throne, and then five years later, their Range Rover's repoed. Okay, that was an extreme example. That's not a real one. But you see where I'm going with this. Because mentality is what truly keeps you bound, not resources. Some of us think, if I had this relationship, if I had this amount of finances, if I had this thing, then I'd be free. But what Paul's saying is, no, you're already free. You got to retrain up here. You have to get rid of the boxes. Resources don't make you free. Getting free in your mind makes you free. And Jesus is on a journey for that. And so what Paul is saying is your soul has been freed, but it's your mind that's keeping you bound. And when Christ died, he died so that you could be free. He died so that you could get to the freedom without fear, without shame, without barrier. What does freedom look like? What does freedom look like? So selfishness, The flesh demands that you do whatever you want to do, and that in turn destroys freedom. We saw this in the free love movement. 
in the 70s. We've seen this. We watched this movement take place throughout culture where it was do what you want to do, feel how you want to feel, say what you want to say. But what we found is that the freedom wasn't free. It cost everything. And then you had an entire generation that was ravaged by sickness, disease. They were ravaged by uh, abandoned homes because they got left for drugs and being free and all this stuff. And it was never free in the first place. And so what I think is that a lot of times we think we, we don't accept the cross to do what we want to do. We accept the cross to embrace his freedom. And so I want to encourage you, maybe it's the way, maybe you need to retrain the way you've thought about freedom. Love others as you love your health, uh, loved yourself. So here's the thing. We find freedom in loving others. Freedom grows in the garden of serving in love. Freedom grows in the garden of serving others in love. And Jesus is the ultimate example of a life lived serving others that produced the ultimate freedom. And what I think Paul is saying is saying, you guys got so inward focused. And the whole point is this, this love that was so freely given, that mercy that was so freely given, the whole point was to serve others with it, not create religious boxes. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 16. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You can highlight that one. Go back to that later in the week. Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But highlight number 18, verse 18. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So you might be saying, okay, Jules, I'm new here. And I don't know what walking by the Spirit means. Because a lot of times in church culture, we use little lines, right? I call them Christianese. It's a whole language. Walking by the Spirit. So many people have a hard time with their flesh, right, for the things that they do that they don't want to do. How many have things that, like, I don't want to yell at people on the LIE, but I will do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'll see you on the road. I don't want to do it, guys, but sometimes my flesh, right, I'm just being real. Church of the real this morning. It's sometimes it'll get the best of me. And so here's the thing. It's, it's, some people have a hard time with their flesh because they're not walking in the spirit. It's a lot harder to yell at somebody when I'm singing worship music while driving in the car. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to change the way, change my, my mind, the way I think about and approach because I don't want to live by the flesh. So you might say, well, okay, well, how do I walk by the spirit? Sometimes you find freedom in others. I can tell you right now, I cannot do this journey alone. And if I can't do it alone, you can't do it alone. And so what I wanna share with you is that to find freedom, so just to give you in a real practical way, I don't wanna give you an oversaved Christianese way of doing things, here's a real practical way. Join a church that loves God and believes the Bible. Serve in a community group. Serve in, in, a, in a dinner party. Serve on Sunday. Get, get, let people into your business a little. Let them love you. Let them see your weaknesses too. Don't front. Don't come here in front. We will probably call you out. 
We find freedom through others. Do you know that sometimes your freedom is buried in another person? Let me tell you how this works. So I'm going to use, I asked for, for Chris Wrigley's permission, and you're up here, so this is way better. <laughs> and uh, I asked if I could share, share this, but Chris struggled with addiction. And when he, he was with us day one, right, before our church even started, I think, or maybe we had one service. Day one, he was with us, and, and he was on this journey, and this was a struggle, and we were aware, we understood. But God spoke to me in the height of his journey, and it was rough. He said, Chris Wrigley is a pillar. Chris Wrigley is a pillar. Right. Now, with my physical eyes, I saw a man who was really, really struggling. But with my spiritual eyes, I saw a pillar. Now, here's the thing. Chris found his freedom in us, but I found my freedom in Chris. Because as a leader, for those of you who are leaders or bosses or parents in the room, even if you don't have the title, we're all leading somebody. What happens is you get so, I had my own boxes. Okay, it's much easier to choose pillars who are speaking Christianese, checking the boxes. It's much more difficult for a leader to see potential. But here at V1 Church, we see potential. We don't see the boxes. And so what happens is walking by the flesh, working against the flesh, you see a struggle. But when you're led by the spirit, you see potential. And so what happened was is Chris found his freedom in V1 Church, but we found our freedom in Chris Wrigley. And it was buried in one another. We walk in the spirit. We don't walk in the flesh at this church. It's so easy to discount people because you don't think they're saved enough. Or vice versa, you might have come in here and say, man, I'm not churchy enough for this church. Let me tell you, you are. Come as you are. Come right as you are. Come messed up. Come a little struggling. Come with addiction. We're good. We can handle it. We got you. Because we believe the best in you. We believe in your potential. We believe in what God has spoken. We're spirit-led. We're not flesh-led. And so what I want you to do is say, I want you to dig your heels in on somebody this week and say, we're doing this. It's spirit or bust. We're walking in the spirit or we're busting. We are not going to walk in the flesh together. So how do you walk in the spirit? All right, now, guys, it's going to sting a little, but get your highlighters out, okay? I'm giving you some warning. Verse 19 through 24, we're going to read this together. So you're, you're wondering, okay, so that's walking in the spirit. Seeing past what's on paper and seeing, seeing what's in God's word. That's spirit-led. Here's what, how, how to know if you're walking in the flesh. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. This is not talking about golden calves, people. Do you know that your children, your job, your money, those can all be idols in your life? Your appearance can be an idol in your life. Hello, social media. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, hello, road rage. Rivalries, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warn you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you might say, okay, Jules, I've done a few of those, or all of them. 
Let me tell you, all you have to do is come to the Lord, say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. You are washed clean. This is talking about a lifestyle, an unrepentant lifestyle of that. But here's the thing. But the fruit, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Hello, people who are married. Self-control, road rage, against such things there is no law. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Here's the thing, you are still gonna wanna do the bad things. Newsflash, sorry. But we crucify our flesh and we say, you know what, I wanna walk in enmity and strife, but I'm gonna choose to walk in gentleness and self-control. Okay, in this situation, I wanna cause division because it's really fun to gossip, but I'm gonna choose faithfulness because a faithful friend is closer than a brother. I'm going to choose self-control when I'm talking to my spouse, even though I want to uh, rage in a fit of anger. Do you see what you see how you can do that there? So here's it. Fruit. What is fruit? Christianese. It's just another word for results. So you could read it like this. The results of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Here is what is not a fruit of the spirit, okay? Here's what's not a fruit. Frustrations with other people who are not on your spiritual level. <laughs> that is not a fruit of the spirit, guys. Feeling things, not a fruit of the spirit. Weird Christianity is not a fruit of the spirit. So if you came in and it's your first time and you're like, I hate weird Christians, me too. I am so down. In your efforts to be more spiritual, you actually become a slave trying to keep others as free as you. I'll say that one more time. In efforts to be more spiritual, you can actually become a slave trying to keep others as free as you. That one's from an oversaved crowd. And I'm guilty of that, right? I got free, Chris Wrigley, I got free. And for those of you who are on the fringes, your ability to get it right, be perfect, hit the expectations, hit the box, that don't free you either. That doesn't free you either. The thing that frees you is his grace, is his cross, is his blood, is his death, and his resurrection. That's what frees you. So you can't sow a gossip fruit seed and expect a spiritual result. You can't so bondage and expect freedom. And so in this paragraph, you see this case study of freedom versus bondage. And what's the verdict? Am I free or am I a slave? Well, you have to answer that. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. The spirit-filled life is not necessarily an easy life. It's a good life, may not be easy. It's a lot harder to say, I'm gonna talk in gentleness today. It's a lot harder to show up on time to work and be faithful. It's a lot harder to sow a good attitude when you wanna throw a fist. All of you from Long Island, you know what I'm talking about. It's not an easy life, but we gotta work on it in every single area. And step one is that we have to stop 
keeping spiritual score. Can we be a church that doesn't keep spiritual score here? Can we be a church that finds freedom in another person? That can say, regardless of what this person is walking through, I believe that they have something that can free me. Could we do that? And so here's the thing, the Jews were pushing the law and they were just trying to keep score with themselves here in Galatia. But your journey with God is not a basketball game. It's not a football game. It's not a lacrosse game. It's a culture. It's heaven's culture here on earth. And here's the thing. We have got to get rid of the rule books. We have one book. It's the word of God. And that is how we are going to judge our life. We're going to look at those scriptures and say, okay, am I working in a work of the flesh? Are any of these things? Okay, no. All right. So I'm just going to come to the Lord and ask. Like, we we have enough pressure, people. We got to stop putting it on one another. We need to serve each other in love and freedom. Will you stand with me this morning? I'm gonna have two calls this morning. And if you're watching in the overflow room, please participate in this with us. If you're online, please participate in this with us. But I have two calls this morning. And if we could just, I know it's dark in here, but let's just give everybody a little privacy so people can really just have the freedom to get free this morning. I have two calls. The first call is for people who have been disengaged with church over it. You've looked at this thing on the outside, maybe not Archer, maybe other, whatever, and you've just said, man, I believe it was, uh, was, it was Gandhi who says, um, I love Christ, but I hate your Christians. Ugh. Man, you'd be surprised how many people feel that way. Can we do this? If that's been you, I want to just introduce to you a Jesus that maybe you haven't been introduced to yet. I want to tell you that God has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for you, and that he's forgiven everything. And you don't have to check a box because your freedom is in him. And that you can be led by the Spirit, not out of bondage, out of freedom and love and devotion for how good that he is. If that's you this morning, if you want to accept Jesus, will you just lift up your hand? No one's looking around. Everyone's eyes are closed. Yes, there's hands all over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for setting people free from the bondage of religion, the chains of obligation. God, freely we were given the blood and freely, God, we give our life back to you, Father. We just thank you. The Bible says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that it's done. You are accepted and loved and we want to just welcome to the family. Can we just welcome them who prayed that prayer this morning? Thank you. Welcome home. The second call I want to make is for those who have struggled with putting those obligations on others. That you've put the religious box on other people and you want to just repent of that. You want to ask the Lord. You want to get it right. Let's just do it right now. All the Everybody's eyes are closed. If that was you and you've just struggled with feeling like you have to check a box, feeling like you're not good enough. Maybe it was you or maybe it was someone else. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Yes, God, you are setting people free this morning. Father God, let show us that we can find our freedom in others. Show us that we can walk out this journey together, that the cross was enough. We don't have to check 8 billion trillion boxes. That Father God, we can be totally free, totally free, totally free. In Jesus' mighty name, V1 Church said, 
Amen. Church, can you do this? Can you lift up your hands with us? We're just going to rejoice and praise God. Thanks so much for listening. If this message impacted you, do your friends and family a favor by sharing it with them. We're always praying for you, and we'll see you next time.